good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are out there in the world. Thank you for listening. My name is Doc Bryant, and this is the Doc Bryant Show. Well, we've had another so-called mass shooting, this time in a mall in Allen, Texas. And we don't know a whole lot about what's going on, but as per usual, the left was ready to go. They were front-loaded, as you were. As it were, I'm sorry. They immediately jumped on the situation. What was really, really interesting is when the local news broke about it, the initial report was that this individual had committed this atrocity uh, based on uh, sympathizing with uh, ISIS. We haven't heard from them for a while, so sure, why not? But yeah, the the original reporting was that this was ISIS-inspired, as they put it. Uh, And any initial uh, information that comes out when something like this goes on you have to take with a, an enormous grain of salt, and I certainly did. Honestly, I was, and it's it's wrong to expect anything as well, unless, of course, there's, you know, a whole lot of evidence to back it up. But I suspected initially that this was another trans terrorist, and... Uh, at this point, apparently it's not, but what's really interesting is the information lockdown that occurred right after. And the reason that an information lockdown occurs when something like this happens is that the left finds out the truth. The truth is uh, not convenient. It does not support their narrative, and so they want a chance to be able to get out ahead of it so that they can control the narrative that comes out. And that's what happened. This got locked down real fast as far as information is concerned. And then the left started putting out their version of the story, which is that this was uh, inspired by quote-unquote White supremacy. Now, the term white supremacy does not have a definition. The left has, uh, like many of its terminologies, or I should say all of their terminologies, the left has refused to define what is white supremacy. And if they could define it, they would not be able to show any evidence of it. Just like the, uh, just like the narrative for Black Lives Matter, just like the narrative for the militarizing of the transgender movement, there is zero evidence that... There is a white supremacy problem in the United States. 
any actual white supremacists in the United States are marginalized. They, to the point where statistically they simply do not exist. They are certainly ineffectual. You do not hear about real, actual white supremacy incidents happening anywhere, and I defy anyone who disagrees with me and is listening to this podcast to produce any evidence whatsoever of any white supremacy going on in the United States. And, and while I'm issuing uh, challenges, evidentiary challenges, I'll go ahead and say the same thing for uh, Christian assaults on transgenders and uh, police hunting down unarmed black men. And in order to produce evidence for that last one, you actually have to produce a black man who was killed by police, who was doing no wrong at the time, who was not under the influence of fentanyl, who was not resisting arrest, who was not involved in some kind of criminal activity, then we can talk. Until then, you might as well keep it to yourself. Yes, I actually demand evidence, real evidence, not your feelings. Don't care about your feelings. Your feelings don't matter. My feelings don't matter. What matters is evidence. What matters is reality. And this show is interested only in reality. Now, of course, if you've got your opinions, I don't mind you sharing those either, but don't come at me and tell me that something exists when you can't prove it exists. And don't come at me when, when you say something exists and you can't even define it, as in this whole concept of white supremacy. Another, I'm going to issue another challenge while I'm doing this, define racism. If you're a liberal out there and you're listening to this, define racism. I want an actual definition by which we can measure uh, behaviors and so forth uh, so that we can actually point to something and go, oh, that is racism according to the definition of the term racism. So anyway, we've got this shooter. And he according to the left, was involved in, you know, or was inspired by white supremacy. Well, of course, it doesn't take long for the real news to get out and find out that this guy, well, you know what? He's Hispanic. Uh, it's kind of hard to be uh, a white supremacist when when you're Hispanic. Um, and so, so now I'm sure that the... Uh, uh, they're, they're not going to change that initial narrative until they absolutely have to. And, and then word comes out that uh, his family, when being interviewed by uh, investigators, had to have translators present or a translator present. It's kind of hard to be a white supremacist in the United States of America if you can't even speak English so... At this point, it's going to be very difficult to uh, to really come up with uh, 
a, a motive for this individual because, you know, we just don't have the information right now. I can tell you that the longer the information stays locked down, the more likely it is that this shooter was just another leftist. Just another leftist. And I, I, I can guarantee you right now, 100% guarantee that this guy, well, we already know he wasn't white. All right, that this guy was not an actual practicing Christian. Oh, but if he was Hispanic, that means he goes to the Catholic Church and say that makes him a... No, that doesn't make him a Christian. Going to church makes you a Christian like standing in a garage makes you a car. I have said this before. The only thing, the only thing that makes you a Christian is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Bible actually describes what a Christian should look like via their behavior. And one of those, there is, there is nowhere in the Bible that describes going around and killing a bunch of folks for no reason whatsoever. It's just not there. So we can also say that this guy, okay, he wasn't white. He was not a practicing Christian. Um... He was undoubtedly not a member of the National Rifle Association. And this is another thing that the left likes to do. They like to jump out and say, oh, it's a, the, the NRA is the cause of all of this. It's the cause of because of the, their support for the Second Amendment. It's the NRA that's uh, responsible for no, no, but nobody in the, not a single mass shooter in the history of this nation, not one single mass shooter in the history of this nation has been a member of the NRA. Not a single one. As a matter of fact, folks, let's just stop trying to tick off all of these categories that the left is constantly putting out and just point out the fact that every single solitary mass shooter in the history of this nation has been a leftist of one kind or another. Now, they haven't all been card-carrying Democrats, but they have been leftists. And the very second that that information is available, it's radio silence from the media. They stop talking about it instantly. Uh, just like that guy recently, I guess it was a bank that he shot up and stuff like that. Oh, there was a whole bunch of, it came, oh, there's this another mass shooter at a bank and stuff. And the second that it came out that this guy was a leftist and that he was trying to make a point about how easy it was to get guns and shoot people up, that he was very actively supportive of the gun control message. Well, oh, that story died right there. It was over. It was done. Huh. That's kind of funny. And, uh, and we're looking at the same situation with the Tennessee shooter as well. Audrey, uh, what was her name? Um, she was a trans activist and she wrote apparently prolifically, uh, about her feelings and so forth and why she was going around doing what she was doing. And we still haven't gotten released to the public uh, a copy of this manifesto. And I dare say 
the longer they hold it off. And the reason that they're holding it off for an extended period of time is because they're hoping the public is going to forget about it so that they don't have to release it at all. Which means what we're going to have to do now, somebody is going to have to do, is they're going to have to uh, issue uh, or, or file a uh, Freedom of Information Act, a FOIA, to force it to be released. And then what's going to happen is that the government's going to release it, but they're going to release a redacted version of it. And so then we're going to have to fight them in court to get an unredacted version, and they're going to draw it out as much as humanly possible, and to the degree that they are willing to draw this out is evidence, and I would say direct evidence, that this manifesto uh, is very inconvenient for their agenda and lays out how this particular trans person was inspired to target and murder Christians specifically. And, and, and their, their reasoning for this is, oh, we don't want a, a Christian backlash against the trans community. There is no violence against the trans community. We went over this in one of my previous podcasts. In 2021, I think it was, the, the, I think the statistics I was looking at were 2021. Of all of the hate crimes that occurred, there were 34, only 34 incidents of hate crimes against individuals based on their gender identity. Only 34 out of, and not all of those 34 were violent crimes, by the way. They don't have a breakdown of those 34 crimes. But in general, hate crimes in general, of which there were uh, over 10,000, of all of the hate crimes that occurred in 2021, the ones that can be verified hate crimes, uh, 60, only 64% uh, of those were violent crimes. So it's fairly reasonable to say, you know, of those 34 hate crimes against people because of their gender identity, only 64% of those were uh, crimes against persons. Not necessarily violent crimes, but crimes against persons. And, but we'll say all 34. We said all 34 just for the sake of argument, were crimes against persons, because we couldn't be sure. And we compared 34 crimes of persons, crimes against persons, based on gender identity, which occurred in 2021, versus the 2.3 million actual violent crimes that occurred in 2021. Statistically insignificant, as a matter of fact, statistically non-existent. So there is no, there's no uh, 
there's no oppression. There's no certainly no physical oppression of the trans community going on. So the left has to conjure up this oppression. They have to invent this oppression out of nowhere, saying that, well, um, disapproval of, disagreement with this particular belief system, whatever it happens to be on the left, whatever happens to be their cause du jour, it, 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 that itself in itself is violence. So if you disagree with somebody uh, whose lifestyle uh, is, is, well, if you disagree with somebody's lifestyle, be it transgender, homosexual, whatever, then that's violence. Just, just your disagreement with it, that counts as violence, because we don't have any actual violence. We're going to count that as violence. And, and it's just not, folks. Words are not violence. Disagreement with somebody is not violence. And if it is, let's say it is, then I guess that means that a trans person's disagreement with Christianity is violence against Christians. Well, no, we can't have that. We can't have that because that's rational. So the left is, is well, no, because the Christians are not an oppressed group. Christians are the oppressors, and this is where critical theory comes in, where you have a permanent oppressor group and a permanently oppressed group or groups. And so Christians are permanently the oppressors. Christians are always the oppressors. It doesn't matter where they are, no matter what. They are the oppressors. And the oppressed groups are, well, you've got all kinds of groups. You've got based on skin color, you've based on ethnicity, you've got based on uh, sexual, sexual proclivity or identity. All of these things make somebody a permanently oppressed group. And no matter what the oppressor group does, it is evil. And no matter what the oppressed groups do, it is good just based on the fact that one group is an oppressor group and the other is an oppressed group. And, and the definitions of what makes an oppressor and what makes oppressed are constantly in flux because they, again, like definitions, they don't need actual facts. What they need is whatever fits their agenda, and it is always always based on emotionalism. It is how the narrative, how the, how the framers of the narrative feel and how they want you to feel in order to support their narrative. So that, that's how this whole thing works. And that's what they're framing with this uh, Alan Mall shooter right now. That's what they are trying to, they're, they're trying to avoid reality from getting out. They don't want reality to get out. Their entire philosophy, the foundation of their entire belief system is based on fantasy. There's not a single stitch of evidence that will hold it together. And whenever it comes into reality, uh, comes into contact with reality, it falls apart, which, you know, makes sense. Anytime something unreal comes into contact with something real, it, it ceases to exist. 
And let's get into the goals now. Let's get into the goals of why they try to frame this situation, these mass shootings, as the fault of, because they cannot say that the mass shootings are um, committed by right-wingers. They can produce no evidence to support that the NRA is actually directly behind any of this. They cannot support their beliefs that uh, it's white nationalist supremacist whatevers who are doing these mass shootings. They, however, are constantly saying that it is the fault of organizations like the NRA, of which, by the way, I am not a member, as far as I know. Um, they can't say that, that it's Republicans who are uh, actually doing these crimes. They are just saying that Republicans are the ones responsible. And the reason that Republicans are responsible is because Republicans support the Second Amendment. They're, they're, they've come right out now. It, it used to be that they were talking about, you know, oh, we just need reasonable gun control laws, quote-unquote reasonable gun control laws. What is actually going on is that all of this, all of these argumentations that they have, are to disarm law-abiding citizens of the United States. That is the end goal. They want to completely and totally disarm the law-abiding citizens of the United States. If you have any question about that whatsoever, then go to or look at a city in which gun control, the type of gun control that they are talking about, is enforced. And look at those cities, and you will find that the only people who have guns, and they have guns in abundance, are the criminals. This tells us two things. You see, a criminal always wants an easy target. A criminal always wants an easy target so that they might steal from that person, so that they might uh, do any number of egregious things to that person uh, or group of people, up to and including murdering them. And it's a lot harder to murder somebody, to steal from somebody, to rape somebody, if that person can shoot back. If that person can defend themselves, and criminals do not want a target who is capable of defending themselves. So this tells you that anybody who is pushing for gun control, who supports gun control, is, well, they're either a stupid shill, which is a bot, as we call them now, um which is the majority of people that you will find on uh, places like Twitter. Or, uh, but, but the people actually behind it, they're criminals. You see, uh, if you don't mind somebody being armed up, somebody having guns, 
like myself, I don't mind if my neighbor has a bunch of guns. doesn't bother me a bit because my neighbor is a law-abiding citizen just like myself. So it doesn't bother me that my neighbor has guns. As a matter of fact, I like the fact that my neighbor has guns because my neighbor and I are both law-abiding citizens and would support each other if one or the other or both of us were under assault by criminals. And it, interestingly enough, just so happens that my neighbor happens to be a former Green Beret, which would make it all the more effective if we had to defend ourselves. But the people behind the gun control situation are people who want unarmed victims. That's what they want. They want unarmed victims. And the unarmed victims that they want are the law-abiding citizens of the United States. Those of us who support the Constitution of the United States of America. They have, just like they have gradients of victims uh, that, that are fairly constantly shifting, they also have gradients of people who are threats to their vision of a socialist utopia. And uh, among those, of course, are white Christians, and the, the very, very worst are white Christian constitutionalist uh, veteran males. Those are the biggest threat. Those are the folks that they want to paint in the absolute worst possible light. Those are the folks who they want to disarm, to take their guns away. The globalist agenda, we're going to get like, we're going to take a, a wide lens now view of the situation. The globalist agenda, the biggest threat, the single greatest threat to the globalist agenda is the armed, law-abiding American. The reason, the single reason why the Great Reset cannot move forward up to a certain point the reason that it cannot be completed is because of the armed American citizen. They will not be able to complete the Great Reset because they can't, they can't complete the Great Reset without the United States. The United States is the goal. It is the big Jewel, as uh, what was it? The uh, in uh, that Christmas movie, Home Alone, the silver tuna. Okay, the United States is the silver tuna. Why? Because the United States is the most well, even right now, is the wealthiest country on earth. And you can't have a socialist utopia unless you have somebody from whom you can steal. Socialism is a philosophy that is based on greed and envy and theft and mass murder. You cannot have a socialist utopia 
a socialist utopia. Socialism will not exist in and of itself. It will always collapse in on itself because it eventually runs out of other people's money. And so in order to exist, in order for any socialist endeavor to exist, it must have somebody from which to steal resources. And the United States is that one great thing, and they need the one great country to fall, to have their one world government. The United States has to cease to exist as it was formed under the Constitution of the United States. And that cannot happen as long as the American citizen is armed. Now, we currently have in charge of our federal government a group of people who are aligned, directly aligned, against the Constitution of the United States and with the globalists. And these people who are currently in charge in the federal government have the responsibility of delivering the United States over to the globalist movement. And they are doing their damnedest to get that done. And part of that, a huge part of that, the linchpin of it, is to disarm the people of the United States of America. This, I'm telling you right now, will never happen. It will never, ever, ever happen. See, here's how it was supposed to shake out for them. This was their plan. Their plan was that in 2016, Hillary Clinton was supposed to win the White House. Then Hillary Clinton was supposed to deliver over the United States to the globalists. In order to do that, she was, they were going to release COVID like they did, and Hillary Clinton and all of, her, all of her ilk, having complete control of the federal government, were going to rig elections to make sure that the Republicans never win a majority of anything ever again, that the Republicans, that the freedom-loving people of the United States would never, ever be able to have representation in the federal government again, so that they were, they were going to rig elections such that that couldn't happen nationally. They were going to federalize elections, was the plan, so that they would be one-sided. They were going to, of course, you know, do all the lockdowns and so on and so forth. And eventually they were going to confiscate the guns was their plan and then and the whole nine yards. They still probably hadn't figured out how they were going to do that. And all of this ultimately speaks of a misunderstanding of how the United States was designed in the federalist system. Even people who live in the United States, people like Hillary Clinton, people like Barack Obama, people like, well, Joe Biden doesn't understand anything. But these folks, these leftists, these globalists, even though they've lived here their entire lives, do not understand 
how the United States was designed and the beauty of the federalist system, because the forefathers who created this country, the way, the way that they created this country, they knew that something like this was eventually going to happen. And so they had to make a system such that the people could once again put down an out-of-control central government. As is stated in the Declaration of Independence, the people of the United States have the right to do that. Well, their plans kind of got knocked out of uh, knocked out of whack when this rogue, out of nowhere joke of a candidate by the name of Donald J. Trump popped up and actually won. The election. Well, gosh, that put a huge monkey wrench in there because, you know, now they can't do nearly all the stuff that they wanted to do against the people of the United States. Because Donald J. Trump was completely opposed. He was very pro-Constitution, and he was very opposed to the swamp which, unfortunately for him, he did not entirely understand either. Just like the leftists do not understand the United States, even though they live here, Donald Trump did not understand the nature of the swamp and the fact that it wasn't just one party. Or I guess it was just one party, but it was masquerading as two. And he truly believed that there were two parties when there were not. There is a uniparty. There is one group of people, an establishment party, an anti-constitution party that are interested in nothing more than taking control of the United States. But anyway, this threw a monkey wrench into their plans. Well, they released COVID anyway because they thought at least we would be, because this is one thing that I got to give leftists. They never quit. They never give up. They are constantly pushing forward, and they'll take whatever ground they can get. And then when they get pushback, they just fall back, say that they were misunderstood. They were taken out of context. That's not what they meant to do, or what they were doing was they felt for the betterment of stuff. But it doesn't matter because they don't retreat. They keep the ground that they took. And then later, when everything's calmed down, they push forward again until they get pushed back. And then they stop and they make excuses and they blame the other side for doing what they are doing. So at least they could gain some ground with COVID. And they did. They gained a lot of ground, especially in blue states. In the blue states, they got a lot of what they wanted to get done done. They set terrible precedents. And even in some red states, they set some terrible precedents. Even in Texas, they set terrible precedents. And I blame Greg Abbott for that. Because he is, when it comes down to it, he is a squishy Bush Republican establishment guy. He's not a hardcore constitutionalist. He's just not. At least he hasn't done anything to prove to me that he is. He talks a good game, and occasionally when he absolutely has to, he makes the, the right decisions. But he is not proactive. He's not a warrior. He's not defending the people of Texas. He's not. He's defending his position as governor. 
And he may even have aspirations to the White House. That ain't going to happen, I'll tell you right now. Because we the people are fed up. We are fed up with this. But something occurred to me the other day, thinking about this situation. Because right now, and even before, because this agenda is not new. This has been going on for quite some time. The plans have been going on for quite some time. The left has is constantly saying how ultimately if we don't give up our guns, if we don't give up our freedoms, that they're just going to use the military and take them. They're going to force it. You've got members of Congress, sitting members of Congress, talking about, well, we've got the nukes. Or, and, and even the, the current occupant of the White House, the installed president, Joe Biden, was talking about, hey, you, you don't have any F-16s. You'd have to have F-16s to stand up against the federal government. I don't think so, actually. I kind of don't think so at this point. If they could have used the military... Especially, you know, after uh, President Trump was out of office and Biden was in office, if they could have used the military against us, I think they already would have. And they haven't. So they can't. And of course, this is, this is very obvious when you actually look at the number of armed, law-abiding American citizens in the United States versus the number of people in the United States military currently. It ain't even close. It's not even close. When we're talking about sheer numbers, if and, and here's the thing too, not every member, I don't know if all of you people know this, it surprises me how little Americans know about their own military. Not every military member is, is a trigger puller. Okay? The vast majority of the people in the United States military are support personnel. Okay? Logistics, uh, paperwork... Uh, maintenance, transport, that kind of thing. So the vast majority of members of the U.S. military are not trigger pullers, especially when you're looking at organizations like the Air Force and the Navy and even the Army. The vast majority of people in the Army are not trigger pullers. The only organization in the U.S. military, where everybody is a trigger puller, is the Marine Corps. And praise God, up to this point, the Marines have not been overly touched by uh, wokeness. It's starting to happen, but there's just a lot of resistance. It's hard to change an organization like the Marine Corps is. As one of the guys that I follow on YouTube put it, he said, there's only two branches of the military, the Army and the Navy. The 
uh, Air Force is a corporation and the Marine Corps is a cult. And having spent as much time as I have with the Marine Corps, I can tell you that that is a fact. And I love them. I love them to death, and I am a full-on member of that particular cult of the Marine Corps. I love my Marines. Hoorah and Semper Fi out there to all of you. Love you guys. Anyway, so you've got the fact that the vast majority of these guys are not trigger pullers. But let's just say that you armed up every single one of them. Guess what? Still, vastly, hugely, hilariously outnumbered. And you can say, oh, well, we've got, you know, the drones and the airplanes and the jets and the nukes and all that. Guess, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to destroy the whole company or the whole country? You're going to just render the entire nation to ashes? First of all, you can't do that because, yeah, you got nukes, but you don't have enough nukes to do that. Second of all, you would have to have somebody that would follow an order to fire nukes on the United States itself, and I'm pretty sure you don't have that. Now, that's another thing that people don't understand about the military, and the left certainly doesn't understand about the military, is the military members are not robots. They are not people that you can just order to do stuff and they will do the stuff that you order them to do. You see, it's part of military law called the UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice. It's part of the Uniform Code of Military Justice that a military member, if given an order that they know to be illegal, must disobey that order. That was put in there because of what happened with the Nazi Germany and all of those Nazis who came out and were saying, well, I was only following orders. Well, guess what? That's not an excuse in the United States. In the United States military, if you are given an order that you know to be illegal, that you know to be unconstitutional, you must disobey that order. U.S. military members are not mindless robots. Some of them are. Some of them are, you know, moronic and stupid, just like you, any segment of society, just like the leftists that you see on Twitter. They're mindless robots. They do exactly what they're told. They like not having to think. And there are some military members like that. But again, you're going to have a significant portion of U.S. military members who are going to defect and decide, nah, you know what, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. And the leftists are fairly aware of this, too. And what, what the, even more so, now let's look at just the guys who are trigger pullers, the guys who are trained. I would say the vast majority of those guys, because they joined specifically to be in, for the most part, most of those guys joined specifically to be in infantry, to be in artillery, to be frontline guys. And they, they did so because they love their country and they want to defend their country. Well, guess what? Most of them aren't going to go along with the plans of going around and disarming, unconstitutionally disarming the people of the United States. They're not going to go along with it. So now you've got a significantly depleted force that you cannot count on to follow orders. And the ones that have stuck around, well, let's just look at who they're using 
as the poster boy for the United States Navy right now. An actual drag queen. I'm not kidding, folks, if you haven't heard about this. The United States Navy, because oddly enough, under the Biden regime, the military is having trouble enlisting people and recruiting people, uh, you know, they decided that it would be a brilliant idea to um, try to recruit some more of their kind of people. So the new face of recruitment for the United States Navy, and again, folks, I'm not kidding you, this, this is straight out of clown world, is a drag queen, a second-class petty officer in the United States Navy who also happens to be a drag queen. And so they're trying to recruit drag queens. They're trying to recruit transgenders in the U.S. military. Folks, if that's going to be the military that they're going to try to take our guns away with, if that's the kind of military that they're going to try to oppress us with, bring it the hell on. Because you've got real warriors who have been at war for the past 20 years out in the civilian sector right now. And we haven't forgotten what we were trained to do. We haven't forgotten how to fight. We know exactly what we're doing. And there are many, 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 many more of us than there are of them. And I'm pretty sure they're aware of this. I'm pretty sure they're aware of the whole thing. And so all of this talk about using the military to come in and... Uh, you know, like if, if Texas, if this whole situation goes down to where states start seceding, if Texas decides it's going to leave the Union, and they talk about the U.S. military going to come in and suppress the people of Texas and say, folks, it ain't going to happen. If it does, it ain't going to last for long. I'll tell you that right now. The people of the United States will not tolerate that. And then there will be a backlash. And there's going to be a massive backlash. And again, if there is if 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 there is a hot civil war in the United States, it's going to be quick. I'm thinking maybe about two years. Tops. Two years. It'll be over quick, and the United States will be back in the hands of we, the people of the United States of America, if it even comes to that. What's really interesting is I'm watching everything that's going on with all of this, and the federal government trying to make regulations and so forth to, to oppress the people of the United States, like they're trying to pass a law to make it illegal to have a to because they want to be able to gather information on the people of the United States. They have been gathering information on people of the United States, and the people of the United States have become savvy to that, and so now we are using such things as virtual private networks or VPNs, and we are using, uh, those of us who are in the know, using uh, occasionally, uh, if ever, or, you know, we're using the Tor network which is another, it's kind of like a VPN, but not really. But it ensures, uh, or doesn't necessarily ensure per se, but it uh, 
it increases one's cybersecurity, one's personal cybersecurity. And it keeps the government from seeing what you're doing. And so they're trying to make that illegal. They're trying to make it illegal to own or to have a VPN, to, own, or to have uh, access to the Tor network, um, to have cybersecurity. They're trying to make it illegal for you to prevent them from spying on you. This tells you, ladies and gentlemen, they're trying to do this to law-abiding citizens. This is unconstitutional. The federal government is telling you that they want complete control over you. They are telling you that they want complete access to all of your communications, to all of your private information. They, they are currently an unconstitutional criminal organization. This is why they want to prevent you from having security. This is why they want to take your guns, because they want to be able to control you. A legitimate government does not do these things. And they can say, well, because criminals use them. Criminals use all kinds of stuff. That doesn't make me a criminal. Okay, you do not get to, the government does not have the right to take rights away from their citizens, from law-abiding citizens who have not broken the law. It's right there in the Declaration of Independence. Okay, it's in the Constitution of the United States. You cannot deprive a citizen of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. If that citizen has not broken the law, you cannot take stuff away from them. You cannot take our guns away from us if we haven't committed a crime with the guns. It doesn't matter that criminals use guns. All kinds of people use You know what? Criminals use cars, too. Are you going to take our cars away because, because somebody had a wheelman at a, at a bank job? Somebody robbed a bank and then they drove away in a car. Well, let's take cars away from people. Well, yeah, that's actually one of the things that, they're, that they want to do. They want us as their slaves, is what they want. They want us to produce goods and services for them so that they can live off of us for free. That is what they want. They want to reintroduce feudalism and they want it globally. They want it worldwide. And we, the people of the United States, we, the armed people of the United States, are the only thing that stands in their way. Because they have, they have incrementally and with a, a, a large degree of success have subverted our ability to elect the representatives that we want. And they keep continuing to push. This is why there is such a big push to take away our guns. Because they know eventually they're going to reach a point, and I think they're getting close to that point, where they are going to start doing stuff for which they will be shot. 
and they want to take away our ability to defend ourselves from them. That is the aim, that is the goal of gun control. And again, I want to reiterate this point over and over and over, and I want those of you who are active on social media, when you come across somebody who is talking this gun control garbage, to put out these very simple points. You do not get to take my property away from me if I did not commit a crime. If I am not a criminal, no no mass shooting has ever been committed by a law-abiding citizen. Not one. No mass shooting has ever been committed by a member of the National Rifle Association. I only put this out not because I'm a member of the National Rifle Association, but because the National Rifle Association is one of their uh, straw men, one of their, you know, bugaboos boogeymen. Oh, this is all the fault of the... Not a single NRA member has ever done this, a mass shooting. Not one. Hasn't happened. Ever. As a matter of fact, something that I love to point out to them is that the, the National Rifle Association was actually founded to protect the rights of blacks living in the South, because guess who started the very first gun control laws in the United States, folks? Surprise, surprise, it was the Democrats. And it was the Democrats in the South who wanted to remove the ability of blacks to defend themselves against the Democrat-founded KKK. This is a historical fact. And so the Republicans, or a bunch of Republicans, founded the National Rifle Association to defend the rights of blacks to own arms, to keep and bear arms. The Democrats have been a criminal organization since their foundation. You go back and look at their history. They have been a criminal organization since the beginning of their, their founding. Since the beginning. And the NRA was founded to stop them in the South after the Civil War. That was the point. So when they come out and start talking that garbage, you just point out, nope, no NRA member has ever started, uh, done this. You, you keep hammering home. And, and while they, one of their things is they like to point out that it was the gun who did it. It's the gun's fault. It's the fault that they, they're actually putting this out there on Twitter now. It's the guns. It's the guns. It's the guns. No, it's not. Because another thing that I love to point out is that nobody, nobody in all of recorded history ever has been killed by a gun. Nobody. It is the person who pulled the trigger that killed them. And so whenever they, you know, start putting that out on Twitter, uh, I am quick to point out who the shooter was. You know, a lot of people go, oh, I'm not going to name the shooter because that's going to give them, they don't care, they're dead. That's going to give them notoriety. That's what they would want. No, that's an excuse. That's a bunch of BS. You name the shooter, and you name the shooter over and over and over again. 
The person who killed these people is Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo is the one who pulled the trigger. Joe Schmo is the one who walked in there and murdered those people. Like that in, in Tennessee. Uh, Audrey. Something or other. I don't remember right offhand. But she is the one. You name them. She's the one who walked in and murdered six Christians, including three nine-year-old children. Okay? I don't know the name of the guy who's the shooter in Allen, Texas, because they haven't released it yet. But when they do, that's what we need to do. Because this is an information war as much as anything else. This is a war for hearts and minds as much as anything else. You go out there and you keep naming this person, this person, this person. This this is the guy who walked in and shot those people. This is the guy who walked in and shot a five-year-old in an Allen Mall. He's the one responsible. It wasn't the gun who did that did it. It wasn't the NRA that did it. It wasn't Tom, uh, Ted Cruz who did it. It wasn't the Republican National Committee who did it. It was this guy with with this guy is the one who walked in there and did it. And then another thing to point out is okay, let's look at gun use in general and and so-called gun violence. I don't like the use of that term. Anytime somebody uses the term gun violence, I am quick to point out also that guns do not commit violence. And you need to point that out too. When they say gun violence, you no. Guns do not commit violence. But while we are talking about crimes committed with guns, the vast majority of them occur in urban areas. Like St. Louis, I think, is the current leader. Uh, I could be wrong, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it could be Chicago, it could be Detroit, it could be Los Angeles, it could be Houston even. I don't think it's Houston. New Orleans, Louisiana, certainly. Washington, D.C. Surprise, surprise. And the vast majority of these killings... If we're talking gun murders, murders that, that where they use guns, the vast majority of those murders are committed by black males. And the vast majority of victims of those murders are also black males. And the number one weapon, the number one firearm that is used is not a quote-unquote assault rifle. It's a handgun. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's another thing, too. When they use the term assault rifle, ask them to define what an assault rifle is. They won't be able to because they, they need the negative connotation again. They need the emotionally negative connotation associated with the term. They don't want to define it because if they define it, then that limits what they can do. And what they want to do is they want to be able to ban all firearms so if they label it something amorphous as assault weapon, well, an assault weapon can be anything. It can be anything I say it is. Right now, it's AR-15 style weapons. And once they get those banned, pretty soon they're going to be going to uh, some other definition of assault weapon. They're going to expand the definition of assault weapon so that they can ban more weapons. And then they can ban more weapons after that. That's what they want to do. That is their aim. That is their goal. But anytime you run into these folks on social media, you need to put them down. And, and 
I don't necessarily respond directly to them because, of course, a lot of times the people who are posting it aren't really even people. They're bots programmed to just throw this garbage out there, vomit this stuff up to make it look like there are a lot of people who believe this stuff when there actually are not. But what I like to do is I like to quote tweet them and then put my argument out there so that those people who follow me on social media can see this is how you respond to their argument. And also let, because you know who else is watching Twitter. Twitter is a constant live poll to politicians. They are constantly looking up the hashtags and seeing what's trending and why and who's leaning what way and so forth. And so a lot of this Twitter stuff is being used to influence politicians. Gone are the days when you can write your politician a letter to influence them. Now, the major influence on politicians, I dare say, is what's going on on Twitter. They've got staffers that keep an eye on all of this so that they can go, and because it's a live-action poll that is going on 24-7-365. And so we have to be active on there to counter the bots that the other side is putting up. Just like, just like any of their other movements, they don't really have grassroots support. They have to fake it. They have to have these bots that come out and say all of these things and, and appear to be real people when they're actually not. And we have to be able to counter that. Now, thankfully, it's a little bit easier because there are now alternative social media where at least our politicians or a, a good amount of our politicians are paying attention and watching. Like uh, Gab, I'm not such a big fan of Gab, but because uh, they do have some, they do have some serious nuts on Gab. They actually do have, I've run into uh, quite a few, I'm not going to say quite a few, but I have run in uh, a good amount of uh, anti-Semitic type stuff going on on Gab. I'm not going to say everybody on there is, but Gab just left a bad taste in my mouth. Getter is good. I like Getter. That's G-E-T-T-R dot com. Uh, Truth Social, of course, is uh, another good one. And there are other social media out there that uh, are worthy of attention sometimes. But Twitter is the battlefield when it comes to the cyber war on opinion. Twitter is the heavy battlefield. And that's where we need to be concentrating ourselves as well if you are active in social media. At any rate, that's my show for today. Show number, I think this is uh, uh, 29 of uh, season 2. So, 229. And uh, I appreciate you all listening, if you have actually listened this long. If you like what you heard, uh, then hit me up at uh, docbryantshow at zohomail.com. The whole is just docbryantshow, one word, at zohomail.com, z-o-h-o-mail.com. You can catch my videos on odyssey.com, o-d-y-s-e-e.com, bitshoot.com, b-i-t-c-h-u-t-e.com, and Rumble, 
Com, because a lot of times my videos cover stuff that I don't cover here. And of course, if you are listening to this on those video sites, you can catch my podcast anywhere you can get podcasts except Apple. So Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Audible, uh, various other places, but not Apple because I don't want to fill out all their paperwork. All right, folks, thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you all. Later.